Hi, my name is Rutendo Nyamuda and welcome to a very intellectual episode of In My Twenties. In My Twenties. So on today's episode, our guest really challenges various schools of thought and also gives you a little bit of insight into the books he reads. And without a doubt, at the end of editing this episode, I really wanted to consume a lot more African literature and African content, be it video, audio, and even books. So welcoming himself onto the In My Twenties platform and into the In My Twenties family, here he is. My name is Yavoya Matikane. How I describe myself is, yeah, it's a young, ambitious man from a small town called Ngamakwe in the Eastern Cape. That's where uh, I wasn't born there, but that's where originally we at home we came from and my parents built a house. I went to eight schools uh, across different cities and towns in South Africa. I'm a sports fanatic. I love reading. I love education. I love traveling. I love people. People love me. Uh, yeah, and I like what I do, uh, which is uh, PR, which I've been doing for six, seven years. It's still in the media industry, mostly in radio. I produce a show on Power FM. Now, on every episode of the In My Twenties podcast, my guests always come through with these incredible mind moments or gem moments, and this is just one of them. Yeah. Whereas before, when I was in high school, I always felt like schools wanted us to be white people from England. We're just in the wrong uh, environment. But that's also what was yeah. praised. It's like, yeah, how yeah. well can you recite yeah. Macbeth's, you know, uh, you whatever, know, whatever. How much can you twang? Exactly. How, many, how much can you... But Steve Biko was asking, what's wrong with me? The In My Twenties podcast is split up into three sections. In the first section, we get to hear a little bit more about Sia's career journey. In the second section, we dive into today's topic, which is all about reading and how reading is really the cure for ignorance. And finally, rounding up all three sections is a conversation about the all-encompassing 20s journey and some lessons that Sia learned along the way. So without further delay, let's get straight into it. And so, Sia, give us a little bit of insight into your background um, and how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, so I I did a, a BA law and English because my dad wanted me to study and I wanted to play football. So we sort of met halfway uh, and he said, I signed with a team called Bushbucks in East London and I went down, I was training and the one day he said, oh, come to Forte in town when you're done. I said, I don't know where that is. He said, okay, I'll fetch you. And I got there, he was already halfway through the line trying to register me because I passed my trick well enough. Uh, nice, nice marks. So then he registered me for this PA law because I said I didn't want to do LLB because I didn't. Yeah, I wanted to do writing if I was going to study anything. So he's like, okay, we'll we'll do this one and then you'll see. Because I thought, I think in his head I was still young. I didn't know what I wanted. At the end of that year, I passed all well the first year, but I was like, no, let me do football for a bit full time, and I did that. Mm-hmm. So I went to play for a team called the Val at the Val University. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Vodacom League, which was second division, I played there for almost a year, two thousand six, mm-hmm. and then and then then yeah, they didn't renew my contract. My dad then said, "Okay, you need to go back to school." Mm-hmm. I said, "We'll see." And I registered, I got a sports scholarship with the University of Pretoria to play sure. uh, football for them. Mm-hmm. Towards the end of twenty ten. He's like, because of the World Cup thing and the football fever and journalists, whatever, he was excited. Everyone was excited. He's like, maybe you should do journalism because they really think it's an <laughs> awesome career. It's like so dynamic, whatever. Now, wow. all of a sudden, he understood why I wanted to be a journalist. Okay. And then he sent me uh, Media24 application forms to go study at Stellenbosch. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Media24 paid for some of my studies mm. and I did my internship there. 
I think from 2011 end of the year. Yeah. Uh, with the news now, then news now defunct, they closed it down. They, then they took me to Channel 24, which I hated because it was entertainment media. Okay. But I still did it for six months. Yeah. But I was like always looking for opportunities while I was there. Mm. Finally got an opportunity with Forbes magazine. Um, after some. Uh, yeah, a few options. I chose Forbes because I thought it was the type of journalism I wanted to do. It was mm. business. It was glamorous. It was, I was going to go with places. The, gonna, the billionaires. Billionaires. The top I was going to meet those guys. Yes, yeah. So I was there. Yeah. And that's when I met you. Yeah. <laughs> and then I worked at Ogilvy for just a little over a year. And then a girl I had worked with at Media 24 said, oh, I work at Magna Carta now. They've got an opening for an AM. I was like, well, okay, an AM is the next level, obviously. Yes. I was like, I'm not really sure if I'm there yet, but are they going to give me money? She's like, yeah, I'm going to pay you. I'm like, how much are you going to pay me? She said the money. I was like, whoa, I'm coming, man. <laughs> so I went for the interviews there, and then they took me. And then I've been with Magna Carta since. So I joined in 2014, March. Wow. As an, a, as an AM. Mm-hmm. And then I was promoted the following year in July to a senior account manager. Okay. And I've been basically working as a senior account manager Ever since, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But with a lot of growth in between. Yeah. Um, yeah so yeah. what do you want to do next? What is what is next for you? Big, big thing. So now I'm moving to Playmakers. I'm going to be an account director, mm. which is uh, my first senior, senior, senior role, nice. really. But as you said, when I put my mind into something, I, I do tend to grab and hold on mm. and, and fight and grit to get it. And so it, it actually feels good when it does work out because when it doesn't, you get a bit disappointed. But yeah. yeah. And you've mentioned your passion and love for knowledge and mm. reading mm. and how you've always just been that person who, in mm. their spare time, actually is just reading and mm. not like, you know, social media stalking people. Uh, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> I do. I also do that. I also do that. There's enough 24 hours in a day to do all of them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How did you, how did you become such a, I'm going to say bookworm or intellect in that sense where you've just craved knowledge and therefore have put yourself in that position? Well, I, I can tell you now, I, I, my, my family background is like uh, a thing because my, my dad is like into reading. Mm. It's like, so whenever I was, when I was a kid and you want to hang out with your dad, you're a kid. Yeah. He, he, but my dad doesn't talk like as much as I do. Yeah. And he just sits and crosses his leg. He doesn't even party. He doesn't even do anything. He'll just sit in the couch yeah. and open a newspaper and like, boom, and you don't see him because he's the other side and you're the other side and you're trying to talk about the soccer. Mm. And then he gets irritated and he gives you the sports page and he goes, read that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you go in and you actually enjoy it. And you're mm. like, this is cool. This is awesome. But because it was a bonding thing with my dad, and then he goes on to give you books mm. and then it becomes like, but you're nine, eight, whatever. And yeah. You just want to hang out with your dad. Yeah. And so the books are a bonding thing between me and him. He doesn't, he doesn't drink. He doesn't socialize. So the really thing for me even now we engage a lot with him on politics and stuff mm. that we read. I share articles with him. We yeah. talk about articles. We talk about current affairs that are happening. Mm. And yeah, so I think he put the the seed and then I just took it and ran with it. Yeah. Mm, mm. And I think for me, reading is like quite important. I think we undervalue it now because of the whole pictures are brighter, brighter thing. I was yeah. talking to my friend yesterday about reading and he says he's now started reading and he's quite old to, to start reading, but because it's actually important for him to read to career develop, he started doing it. Mm. And I was saying to him like, then he mustn't miss his kids. He's, he's got two kids. Yeah. And I was like, uh, Jonti, your boys must be reading from mm. very early because then they become more rounded. Before they travel, they've traveled. Yes. I've been to yeah. Ghana, but I've never actually landed in Ghana. You know what I'm saying? Wow. I've been to Nigeria, but I've never been to Nigeria. Yes. And that's my thing. I want to go to Nigeria this year, right? Yeah. Visit a, f- a colleague of ours here. 
Okay. And it's like, but I've been to Nigeria. Yes. I know, I know, uh, just by reading Half a Year of the Sun, mm-hmm. uh, I just, I didn't learn only about the Bian for a while, mm-hmm. but I also learned about the mannerism of Nigerians, the classism within Nigerians, yeah. the different tribes of Nigeria, mm-hmm. you know, Igbo, Yoruba, the which area they are in, 100%. the cities, yeah. where Port Harcourt, why would it? be cut off from yeah. Lagos. Um, I learned just by reading yeah. Hafa Yolosan, one book. And it know? just changes your mind and your perspective. And how I view Nigerians all of a sudden exactly. for me, well, I, I think Nigerians are the most awesome Africans. That I, love <laughs> I, I, I love Nigerians. I love Nigerians. I look at Nigerians like since that time when I read yeah. Hafa Yolosan and I read all the other books that I try to get from Nigeria, mm. from all the different, I mean, Ch- Chimamanda also does a, a good job of, of, yeah. of describing Nigerians mm. and how, and, and, and so many other writers do. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, they're flamboyant, they are, yeah. but they are intellectual, they, yeah. they study, the, they the work ethic, language, the use of language, the, the slang and the, the lingo, so the you feel like you're part of it. Yeah, exactly. then I'm like, yeah, I think I want to be like, mm. and then one friend of mine worked in Nigeria and, and, and he used to tell me stories about Nigeria. Yeah. And it, I, I got fascinated by it and I'm mm. like it just comes from reading if yeah. I had never read I, and I just listened to what people say about Nigerians in my neck of the woods mm. I would have a, a similar idea of Nigerians uh, that people have in South Africa which is mostly negative yeah and and when I look at Nigeria now that I've worked in clients that we have there I mean their companies are run by Nigerians the mm. CEOs are from Nigeria mm. they are they are they are entrepreneurs are Nigerian the yeah. biggest entrepreneurs in Africa are Nigerian mm. the guys running big companies I <laughs> mean Nigerian. the richest man is Nigerian <laughs> the, yes. you would if if I was to tell a guy in my village that the richest man in Africa is Nigerian he would yeah. be like hi oh, selling drugs clearly I'm like no my friend <laughs> no, not even close proper, yeah not even close. also also on that it's interesting how your life is your <laughs> life perspective is is framed by what you read mm. so I never read, or in school rather, we never read things like Things Fall Apart or Half yeah, the Yellow Sun. Yeah. When I read Things Fall Apart, which was two years ago, yeah. I was shook. Sure. Mm. Because for the first time, I had read a book about um, colonization from mm. the one who was the colonized, colonized. Yeah. perspective, yeah. which changed yeah. everything. It's yeah. like, whose narrative are we reading? Whose story of Africa are we actually reading? Exactly. So even exactly. with the, with a number of the modern um, kind of like African writers and readers, yeah. Yeah. it's also very interesting because it is a, it's a modern version. So it's like... Yeah, so so I was also lucky to study at Forte, mm. and and I'm glad I insisted on studying the English part because I did English I write up until the um, advanced English, mm. and all you literally do in the English class there's literature, there's language, there's literature is just, you read books and you analyze them, and they yes. they give you the study guide that you have to analyze symbols, the symbols, mm. what it means, uh, and you must explain and you must. And I used to really I really got I got like got distinctions for those because I really then understood. But the books we were reading never conditions. This is Dagaramba. Mm. Zimbabwe. It was the grain of wheat in Gugiwationgo. It was things fall apart in your chebe. Yes. It was uh, it was African books. It yeah, was yeah. um uh, what is uh um, smell of apples. Okay. It was like all African yeah. literature. Yeah. Like and what, is, what does that do for you as a person? As because a your outlook then starts becoming these books are talk, talking about my stories. Mm. You know, they're not That's talking it. about the, we had a section where we studied Macbeth and the the original English mm. European, but, mm. but the big part of the work was was on us, yes. and then this would use it as a adding to us. Yeah. So the focus is on us, yeah. and then everything else is behind us. Yes. Whereas before, when I was in high school, I always felt like schools wanted us to be white people from England. We're just in the wrong uh, environment. But that's also what was yeah. praised. It's like, yeah, how yeah. well can you recite yeah. Macbeth's, you know, uh, you whatever, know, whatever. How much can you twang? Exactly. How, many, how much can you... 
how angry can you can how you be? How English can you sound? Yeah, how English can you sound? Mm. And I'm like, yo, man, I just want to be myself. Can, yeah. What's wrong with me? And yeah. you know, having read Steve because I write what I like, mm. I was like, yeah, Steve what he did for, and I read it very young, and and I started understanding these issues very uh, young, and obviously I became a bit radical very young, mm-hmm. like in high school already. <laughs> but but Steve Biko was asking, what's wrong with me? Yes, and I'm like. I think we need to we need to read more African stories mm. and we need to tell more African stories because then a kid who grows up in Soweto doesn't have to act like French. Mm. He can just be himself mm. in France. Mm. He doesn't have to go there in France and act like he's French when he's mm. not. He can be there and say, ah, me, I'm from Soweto. Yeah. And this is how we speak in my hood. Well, this is how I behave. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with me. And I think for too long we're told that there's something wrong with us. There's yeah. nothing wrong with us. And yeah. and by reading and telling our stories and writing and, and doing podcasts like this, yeah. It's an ch- opportunity for us to change the way we look at ourselves. Mm. Never mind how people look at us, because you, you you're not sitting and worry about what French and English people think about you. Mm. I don't care. Yeah. I, if 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 I look at other Africans the way I look at myself, that means I'm I'm in love with myself, mm. and therefore I'm in love with Africa, all of it. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And I want to touch on what you said about the culture and the language and that perspective, because do you feel like to a certain extent right now as millennials? we're losing, we're not preserving our languages or our cultures. Do you feel we're losing it? And if you do feel so, how do we regain it? I don't feel we're losing it, but language is a carrier of culture. Mm -hmm. But also language, like anything else, is evolving. Mm -hmm. So, like for instance now, when you listen to Metro FM, they have, it's an English radio station, but they speak like, all the languages. Mm. If you call in on Metro and you know, and I'm like, we might just be building a new language. Okay. You know, like Nigerians have got Pidgin English. Mm-hmm. We might just be creating our own new language. Yes. We're no longer value just because you speak fluent, nice English. Now you are this great person. No. Mm. Now I can speak like I'm speaking now. Mm-hmm. And people go, oh, he's got knowledge. Mm. Whereas before they wouldn't listen to me. You go to a boardroom. When I first started, I remember at Ogovi, you'd sit, stand and, and you'd like, I'm never going to be able to speak like that. No. Because they will speak. It was mostly, obviously, uh, white people and whatever. And it was a mix. But even the black people who spoke, mm. I was like, yo, man, I need to be an account director. I'll never be an account director. If, if yeah. I don't hang. Yeah. I'm not and they bad. want you. But my yeah. ideas, but I was always sure mm. that my idea is better than that one. Yes. It's just that I couldn't stand in front of them and say, hey, you know, huh, huh, huh. I, I couldn't. I, it's not me. I'm not, I'm, yeah. I wasn't raised like that. Mm. I went to English schools, but I was ne- my parents insisted I don't speak like yes. with the twang. They were like, yeah. no, you're not, yeah. not going to use a different accent to speak yeah. a different language. You yeah. only use yourself. And the thing mm. is, if you try and be like other people, you're uh, being a secondary version of them anyway. It, it, I, I promise you, I'm a kid. I was yeah. a kid, right? Yeah. And I used to try. I used to, I would twang at this break time. Mm. Then my twang voice doesn't work the second break because I'm tired. <laughs> and then now it lo- looks like I'm not a genuine person, right? Mm. And, and it's bad. And okay. I'm like, yo, I, I don't want to be this person. Mm. I want to be myself. Mm. Every day I wake up yeah. now. I wake up and think of me yes. and how I am and I'm proud and I'm happy yeah. and, and, and I'm proud of the people. Not, I, I, I fit in here. I don't, I'm not, a, I'm like, no, mm. I want even my kids must like come into spaces and be themselves, whatever they are. Mm. They must, if, if the guy is gay and, and whatever, he must just be himself. Mm. He mustn't be. And we live in a country that um, framework wise is put that framework that everyone must be themselves. Yeah. But then you still find people with low self-esteem and then, and it's, and I'm saying, if your parents don't inculcate their 
reading culture. Mm. Society must. Mm. Because that's the culture that's going to give you self-esteem. Yeah. That yeah. You're not going to be flippy and floppy whenever you come to a certain space, you are tender. Yeah. Whenever you come to the space, you are rude. Whenever you come to the space, you are hey, I'm brave. <laughs> or whatever. You yes. know, and you are going to be just yourself. Yes. You're going to walk yeah. into a space and be confident in your being, being yourself. Yeah. Whatever it is that you are, you mm. know, you're going to say there, you're going to get there, I'm, I'm Zimbabwean. Mm. Mm. And you just look at them in the face without flinching that yeah. I am from, no, originally I'm from Mutapa, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You you want you, yeah. <laughs> you're not gonna have a a moment of ah, maybe I should say I'm from yeah Islanda uh, yes. when I'm from Ngamako. Exactly. No, I'm from Ngamako. You don't yeah. know it. Google it, my friend. Yeah, yeah. That's where I'm from. Like, I'm not telling you the nearest town. Yeah. I'm telling you where I'm from. In PE, people yeah. usually be like, no, it's like ten minutes outside it's a PE. PE, and you're like, yeah, yeah. no, it's not. No, it's, no, no, bro. It's not ten minutes out of PE. You are from where? Yeah. Pedersen. You're from exactly. Pedersen. Just be from own Pedersen. It. Own it. Own it. Ownership. But it, it, yeah. all different parts of your of your life. I mean, that's that. The confidence that you get from reading, yeah, and I'm not saying books only reading, mm. like whatever, like even Daniel Steele, mm. work, whatever, <laughs> read just read because yeah. you 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 learn there's yeah. stories in reading, mm-hmm. you learn about Ruth story and yeah. how he became so confident. Mm. You know, we want to make people like Steve Biko and Mandela and Chris and like yeah. special. They are human beings. Yeah, yeah. You have to read yeah. and see what drove them to. And you'll see something yeah. within yourself. Yeah. You can find yourself in that. You yeah. can and and I always say for me there's there's sleep, there's eating, there's physical um activity, mm. then there's reading. Mm. It's 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 like breathing. Yeah, yeah. Reading is the fourth thing that you do. I said yeah. and, and I don't see it enough with my peers, never mind the younger millennials, but I don't see it enough across. Mm, across the spectrum. But whenever yeah. I'm in those spaces with people who read, I am mm. amazed at the level of I even like, yo, don't say too much here. These yeah. people read. These people I, actually I was, read. I was at the Mistra presentation for the how the voting went analysis. Yeah. And I was like, just shut up and listen. Mm. Everyone here knows exactly already the stuff you already yeah. know. Yeah. Because they read, mm. all of them. And it's a small room. Yes. It's not many people, but it's a small room. So fascinating what you said about listening, because I feel like we're also, to a certain extent, sometimes our generation um, can be, not nervous, but... They want to. Sh- they want to prove themselves. Mm. So even with things that they don't know, instead of being in an environment and go, I'm surrounded by people who have more knowledge and who are more intellectual than I am, mm. and I could leave this room having the same knowledge that they have from that book, mm. you're just like, no, let me tell you, let me tell you, instead yeah. of just pausing and yeah. being quiet. You're right. The, the younger generation is the me generation, mm. and it's an it's an argument I always have. I like talking, mm. but uh, but uh, as I've grown. I've also learned listening is actually a better, it's not a better skill, but it's a good skill to have. Mm. As someone who likes speaking, I've had to learn. Because if I if I do this, keep quiet, and look at you talking, mm. I might lose you. Mm. But if I say, what does that mean? Yeah. Or is it? Then you're that's me listening. I'm engaged. I'm, I'm engaged yeah. on, on that's, that's, but And I will never forget yes. the conversation because yeah. I was listening like that. Yeah. If I kept quiet and you spoke, I, w- I would not. But you would have zoned out. Yeah, I would have probably zoned out because <laughs> yeah. my brain is doing 100 things. It's going like 120 mm. the whole time. Mm. But listening is a very, very key thing. And I find yeah. that the younger generations don't listen. Yeah. And I'm not talking about keeping quiet and staring at me. Mm. I'm talking about listening actively, like taking what I'm saying mm. and, and processing it in your head. Yeah. And then coming out with something, a response. Always have a response yes. if you must. But... But it, it has to be like from a well thought place. Yes. And 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 reading can help you with listening. Yeah. Because you will understand that when you read, mm. there's no one who's ever read and said I became more stupid. Wow. Okay. If if the formula is knowledge is power, and the more you read, the more smarter or more of an intellectual will become. Mm. Therefore, the less you read, the less of an intellect you will become. 
therefore, based on that, <laughs> if us as a generation aren't reading more, is that what the conclusion is? Or how are we gaining our Well, knowledge? Well, yes. If you, if you go through the human history, there's a book mm. called um, From Fire to Freud. Uh, that's a bottom tag. But the book basically mm. speaks about the human history. Okay. Right. And, and there was a stage after the Renaissance, there was a stage, I think it was before the Renaissance, where people stopped reading. Where people stopped reading. Mm. And the world became more stupid. Oh, wow. There was less discoveries. There was less solving of issues. There was because they stopped reading. Mm. And then the Renaissance reawakened that. Mm. And the Renaissance now became, the Renaissance man, what they would call it, yeah. was now the university started coming and the... And the world started developing technology again. Mm. So all these technologies we are now, Facebook and those have. Yeah. If we stop having people who think about those solutions, mm. we're going to go back. Mm. The world does regress. People, like, like they've got this idea that it, the world will never regress. The yeah. world can regress. Yeah. Anything can regress. Mm. You could, uh, uh, same way you can make money and lose it. Mm. Same way you can gain knowledge and yeah. lose it. Okay. You know, if I have a car accident and I get amnesia, I've lost my all that knowledge. I mm. must regain it. Mm. The brain would have to build itself that bank again. So whatever you've gained, you can lose. Yeah. Okay. And are we losing it? I think we are. I think because we are now starting to think similar, and everyone thinks they're different, but they all wear the same stuff. But they, are di- I don't know how they're different if you are all wearing the same stuff. So we've lost a lot of intellectual. Uh, ability and it comes from what i mean people now go to school like quick quick just to get a job they don't go academia is not a, a, a fun sexy career so there's less young mm. um, i mean i was impressed this, this morning with the uh, with the melon garden uh, list i was actually impressed mm-hmm. by the, the number of phd candidates in their 20s wow and i was like that's amazing because because it means that there's still some people who take education seriously mm. like with my dad's generation in them, they all wanted to get PhDs. Mm. I thought it was going to give you money. It doesn't give you money. It does give you a, a, a sort of clout mm. when you speak. And we don't care about anything that doesn't give us money. Yeah. Right? We, that generation, just, I want to make money and I just want to pull it and then I don't know what I want to do. Mm. We're not, we just want to get money. Mm. We don't know why I want money. We want material things and that's it. We're a shallow generation. And I'm like, how then do you move humanity? Are you going to move humanity by, by just having money? No, it, it it won't it won't go anywhere. Mm. It won't develop if you can't develop new medicines, you can't develop new ways of working. You can't if we stop doing that. Yeah, new ways of communication, whatever. If we stop being the ones who elevate humanity, humanity will slow down. Mm. Yeah, it's not. I've got hundred million in my bank account, so you are going to die and leave it here. Mm. We are not living to make money. I know we come from a poverty background, and now and we always think that our money is our going to solve all our problems. It doesn't. Yeah, and I'm sure people who've got money will tell us that mm. that it doesn't solve all their problems. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it does make maybe the material part of life nicer. Easier. But but they still have to wake up. Yeah. I mean, why would why would Bill Gates wake up? Mm. He's fixing toilets in 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 Devon. Yeah. He's got billions. He could sit at home. There's a purpose behind it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, does he wake up thinking about his billions? I don't think so. No. He doesn't work. He works. He's, he hired someone to do that for him. Yeah. <laughs> he, now he does what he wants. Yeah. That the stuff he needs to do for humanity. Yeah. Yeah. And that, what is that? The Bill Gates and Miller Foundation. Mm, thing. Mm. Yeah. I read a fantastic, um, kind of percentage and stats and it said like you know the majority of the, the wealthiest and the most successful people in the world focus on healthy eating exercising meditation and reading and that like on average billionaires or yeah was it was the top billionaires in the world read about two books a week 
And I feel like I'm like two books every four months and I'm good. But it like that's it's like the pace at which you're acquiring the knowledge. Mm. Warren Buffett uh, spends 80 percent of his time reading. Reading is very, very important. Mm. It's so important that I actually at my place, I don't have a couch, so I don't have to sit in the dining room. But I've got Netflix. Okay. I'm always embarrassed and I have people over because I have to find them a place to sit. Mm. And that's why I don't want people over my place. But I've got a bookshelf. Okay. And I've and, and I've and by side of my bed, mm. I've always got books. Okay. So I'll, I'm on social media a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but between social media, I'm on my book. Okay. And the last, the last and, I've, and it's a purpose thing. Mm. I've like cut less, I cut off DSCV, only have Netflix for movies when you're chilling with someone. And yeah. Movie. But I sit. Now, if I get a couch, I'll probably sit on the couch and sleep on it and read. <laughs> and read. That's more intellectually engaging for me. And yeah. at my stage where I am in my life, I'm enjoying it. I don't want to prescribe how many books people should read. Mm. I think the quality of the read is better than the amount, the quantity. Like, like if you read uh, Steve Biko, I wrote it, I like, it shifts your whole life and being as a black man, mm. you know, as a black person. Okay. It shifts how you view the world. It, it, it really touches you. So uh, having read under 10 books by everyone, does it matter? It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But every book I touch, so that's why I go to exclusive books and bargain books and whatever books, and I go check and I read and I say, how can this book shift me? How can, what, what, what part of my being will this book touch? Mm-hmm. And my, I'm not just like one person. I've got like many types of books, right? Mm-hmm. I've got like, so I've got like books that deal with my mind. I've got like, I've got books now that deal with marriage because I'm like that age where I'm going to start thinking about how will I treat my partner? What what wrongs have I done when I was dating? What can I improve as a human being? That make that so I'm hoping the books I read do influence what happens in my marriage for the rest of my life. Mm. And in business, I've read books on business a lot last year because I was studying business. And what, what can you? How can you move? What strategy is this? What and politics? Mm. What does it mean for us to vote? I read those on purpose, mm. and so it, then it feels like. Oh, he almost knows everything. I don't. Mm. <laughs> but I've chosen the right books to read, which give me an idea of something. So mm. when I come into a room, I never I never sit and go, I don't know what they're talking about. Mm. I could sit with actuaries or I could sit with nurses or I could sit with, I'd have an idea of whatever it is. I might not know everything, but I must have an idea. That came from the journalist mentality, but it was helped by the reading across for different life purposes. So, so Sia, we've spoken extensively about, um, you know, about reading, um, which is a huge part of your 20s journey mm-hmm. as well. Um, but as a summary, what was your 20s journey like? It's interesting because my 20s, when by the time they hit, I was already playing football at quite a serious level. Mm-hmm. And I was just taking it that seriously. And I didn't think about anything else yeah. because I thought that's all I'm going to be doing. Mm-hmm. And and then and then maybe just before the mid twenties, I had to start thinking about my next life. Mm. So I was actually having the second life, second part of my life already in the twenties. Mm. And then I started going back to school, reading, getting involved in politics. I got a lot involved. In, I think actually everyone who's in university should get involved in politics, even if they're just a bench warmer. Mm. I, we changed so many things in the, in the university before fees must fall. I can tell you that we were already doing a lot of. Um, reactions within the student political body, which is actually a very good place to learn about how the the country functions. Mm. And I think everyone should, I think if you're an university student, join a certain party, a party, stand for something, learn Mm. something, join a society. Don't just go to study books and then leave. You know, it's important to to be involved. You don't have to be a leader. Like You can be a leader in business after you're done studying, but at least you will know how ANC does or 
SARS CoV represents ANC and that's mm. what they do, how do they affect society, what and they can stand for. And then you actually even understand what a Phil's Must Fall movement, where does it come from? Mm. And then you'll be able to react accordingly as that corporate person that you want to be. Mm. And and we're all there, we're fun, we're yeah. young, but we've made lifelong uh, connections and think mm. in your 20s, that's what you should be doing. Don't be docile in your 20s. It's, it's just, it just defeats the purpose of life. Mm. Be engaged mm-hmm. with society. That's when you must be joining a political party or a, a, a charity organization you are doing stuff with your mm. life it's not just you wake up and go to work and come back and then you're gonna wonder why people others progress and others don't people don't progress because they're educated we're all educated people progress because oh i need the ceo my friend can you can i yeah yeah let me be the ceo wow and that's it because we're all educated i mean why must i choose you over the other one because you went to school you also went to school mm. i'm choosing this one because actually i've worked with him and i've seen him at his worst wow. and i understand that he can run this business properly wow people work with people you know they're yeah. not working with uh, titles and degrees and whatever that's so true yeah people and how you with connect people. with people yeah, we need to yeah we you need to make mm. sure that people actually can live with you mm. can you live with people yeah that good for you. Wow. We we yeah we we are on earth with other people. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm stuck on the quote. People don't progress because they're educated, but that is so true. Mm. Because you'll even go to whatever coffee shop or wherever, yeah. and if you actually engage with your waiters and waitresses, yeah. you'll find some of them have master's degrees. Yeah. And yeah. you're just like, why 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 yeah. are you not earning? Mm. This is this is mm. the average master's yeah. salary. Yeah. It's your connections. It's your not, contacts, yeah. It's your contacts, are. your networks, your and how you you nurture them and. Mm. and I'm not saying oh, now go out and make 100 friends. Yeah. You could have five friends and all of them are actually the ones. That's something with the same book, with the books. Just, just, if you think about what you're doing, mm. you are more likely, like, like I don't go out to look for friends. Mm. I go out to click. Mm. Like if I meet you and we don't click, I'm like, yeah, yeah it's okay, cool, bro. And then I know you. Then I'm like, ah, sure, sure. We don't need to do that. But if you click, yeah. then I'm like calling you. Yo, yeah. bro, whether it's a girl or it's a guy, I just yeah. want to hang out, want to talk to them. Yeah. I want to be like, yo, yo, let's meet for drinks. <clears throat> you know, because I know, oh, we've got the, I, oh, we've got the similar interests. Oh, mm. like this one likes partying. Oh, I also like going out. Mm. Oh, this one likes reading. Oh, then, then we're going to hang out. Yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, then people should hang out. Then you click and then you become, being sociable is not a disaster, but obviously don't overdo it. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's, I mean, don't be something you're not, but, mm. but do enjoy life yeah. in your 20s. Yeah. Do enjoy life. It's a, beautiful time okay. responsibly do it responsibly mm. and 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 i think you'll set up yourself for a very good time in your, okay. in your 30s yeah cool. cool two questions on the 20s journey have you ever experienced the quarter life crisis did you ever go through a moment where you're like oh my gosh what is happening yeah and what yeah. was it that's when i left at tugs mm. and i was like I, I don't think i'm gonna make it in life I failed. I'm not making it in the first team. Wow. I'm, I'm over partying. I'm known by the bouncers in the club. That's a big sign that you should calm down <laughs> when the bouncers know you. When they greet you, they're like, yeah. Hey. And I then had an honest conversation with my dad and I said, let's restart. Mm. Let's, you know, in football, there's a thing called you, you build a move and then you go towards the final phase and then you can't score. There's no opportunity. And then you say, restart. Okay. And you go back to the back line and restart. And now we restarted and I think we're almost scoring. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Sure. And with all of the knowledge that you've shared with us today, um, and I think reading is so important and the culture of reading and putting that back in its place, resetting and restarting. Mm. So it is up there. What advice would you have for people in their twenties right now who are, I guess, just in general, like what general advice do you have from people in their twenties based on your life experience? Get up every morning Mm. and go do what drives you. Mm -hmm. 
Go if you don't have it, look for it. Yeah, okay. My dad always said that even when I was young, like you're gonna make mistakes, you are going to hit brick walls, you are going to fail, you are going to fall. It is not how many times you fall. It is not how many failures you have. It's you getting up every day. And I find that if you're passionate about something, it's easy to get up. You can fail. If you are want to be a doctor and you are studying medicine and you are failing some modules, it's easy for you to redo them and can continue until you become a doctor. Your persistence levels are easily encouraged by having passion for something. Don't do stuff because other people are doing it. Do the stuff that you love and you might just make it because failing there will be easier to get up there. Oh my mind moments of note. First of all, Sia, I want to say thank you so much for coming on to today's episode of the In My Twenties podcast. You are an incredible storyteller and you have such a passion for reading and reading African literature. Every single time you mentioned an African author, I wrote it down and I was like, oh my word, need to read, need to read, need to read. I'm not reading enough. So thank you so much for shedding light onto the importance of reading. So guys, I want to say thank you so much for listening to today's podcast episode. If you would like to feature on the In My Twenties podcast, or if you know an incredible 20-something-year-old who has a beautiful story to tell, or there is a topic that they're passionate about, please comment on any of our social media posts, be it on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, on all of the other platforms that we're on, and just hit us up. We want to engage with you guys. Otherwise, we will catch you in August, same time, right here on In My Twenties. In my twenties, in my twenties, how old are you? I am the age that I said that I am when I told you I met you. I am in my twenties, I'm spiraling, spiraling, spiraling through my twenties. <laughs> okay, bye.